again, you don't want to kick off with a bluesy feeling. Why not? He'll be 13 million by next week, Tom. He's a bit ratty. I noticed that. Bloody international break kills me. I mean, I've got a lot of egg on my face for saying that Arsenal might be good this season. Filter by price, sort by <laughs> points <laughs> highest. I know, I mean, you can't get much more predictable than someone who hasn't scored less than 20 goals in a season for about 10, 12 years <laughs> or something. I mean, he just always delivers, right? Anyone with the uh, knee-jerk bingo card can tick <laughs> off Tom, Tom slagging off Palace for the week. What about this is the quiz? Worldwide, international yeah. podcast. Yeah. I like it. I kind of feel like sh- this could be a season where Shaw becomes like pound shop trend. What's the reference that I'm not getting there? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone from nothing to everything. Hello and welcome to the Knee Jerks, the FBL show that fills your ears with piping hot stats and gets your knees ready to jerk with me, Tom. And Mr. Robbie Scott, how are you doing, Robbie? Well, thank you. Very well. Refreshed after a week off last week, I'd say. Revitalised. How refreshed are you considering that you spent all your time tinkering a wild card? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of restless nights last week and now heading into... Uh, I mean, it's, it's decision-making time, isn't it? Yeah. Ho- hopefully yeah. you're going to shed some light on my conundrums. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. I, I'm going to experience this wild card vicariously or vicariously through you. So you're not wild carding? No, I've got two free transfers, so I feel like it's almost like a mini... I mean, I was the same, but... (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. Well, it must be that you've uh, found more convincing reason to do so, and that's what we'll explore, I guess. Let's go with that. So, yes, sorry, everyone who might listen to this, that I was away last week, and that's why we couldn't do one last week, and I was in Spain, and I picked up... A little nugget of um, random football uh, knowledge. Go on, we love a nugget. That I'm going to condense into a little quiz question. Please. So, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what do Tiago Alcantara, Santi Cazorla, and Iago Aspas all have in common? Oh, is it to do with football? No. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, are they all from the same place? In spe- no. So it's not location. Something to do with heritage? Are they cousins? No, that would be a better start, actually. Um, but no, it's they all have the f- same first name. Ah, okay. So Tiago, Santi, and Iago are all like versions of Santiago, which is a first name. Wow! <laughs> if, if you had put them in a, a different order, I might have got there. That's how much spoon feeding I need. <laughs> but it, it seems glaringly obvious when you see it down on paper. <laughs> So another thing I want to do before we start is the knee joke of the week, right? So last time we were talking, that was Pogba. Loads of people brought him in on the back of getting four assists. And he did actually deliver. Obviously, Bruno hasn't delivered in the last couple of games. Pogba did get an assist in that game and uh, continued to rise in price. And who knows, you know, where he's going to feature moving forward. He could still be a good shout. But this week, obviously, the return of Cristiano Ronaldo... Not so, the United player. I know, yeah. We've got to move beyond that. Some <laughs> of the knee jerks in the future. Well, to be honest, this this week it would not have been Ronaldo if that transfer had not happened. It would have definitely been Torres. And I'm sure we'll talk about him later on after his like, huge haul that you very much enjoyed. Uh, absolutely. I think <laughs> I'm one of the only people left with him. But please, go on. More about Ronaldo. Well, he's the most transferred in play this week. And I looked... So we're talking today on Monday... And I looked earlier today, and he had over a million transfers in. And there's still a week to go of more transfers. So a lot of people like me will probably be waiting to hear a bit of team news, you know, as we get towards the end of the week before they make transfers. So already, like, one in six managers have brought him in. (laughs) Wow, is that really that high? (laughs) It's mad, so... So what do we think? Shrewd move or classic uh, knee-jerk? I mean, I think, you know what? Uh, the, the fact that I pulled the trigger on an early wild card probably goes to show what I think about it. I mean, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. isn't it? If, I, was, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was, try, was struggling to get him in at 12.5, still trying to keep Antonio and Lukaku as well. If he had been more expensive, if he had been 13 or 14 million, I still mm. probably would have tried to shoehorn him in. He was 14 million last time. I know he was a midfielder last time, but it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, I don't know how many times <laughs> I need to remind myself of that. He was playing in what was apparently quite a poor Juventus side last season. 
just getting on the end of crosses, just scoring goals. 29. Know? 29 league goals. Wow, that's incredible. I saw it was eight, yeah. 81 over the last three seasons, God. which is pretty mad. Yeah. <laughs> I just see your face dropping as we go, Tom. 12.5 is a, absolutely, for, for his sort of ceiling, is such a bargain. But we're all sort of thinking it's been, what, ten-ish years since he was last in the Premier League? Yeah, and he was an accomplished player then. It's not like he left as a teenager. No, and it's but it's also not like he's on a decline either. I wouldn't say he's still on set pieces. Yeah, he's still still got all, all the ability that he had, if not more. He's not showing signs of waning. Just a note on that set pieces point, because this is the kind of knock on consequence of all that knee jerking, is that the most transferred player out is Bruno Fernandes, mm. ahead of Newcastle at home which I'm sure most people looked at just a few weeks ago as being one of the biggest bankers for captaincy. Absolutely. And we're just assuming, correctly I imagine, that he's going to be removed from set pieces, so penalties are definitely going to be taken by Ronaldo, right? Yeah, I'm sure he's put it in his contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? How, how can one player arriving have such a detriment on another player? Yeah, and I think when we've talked previously about how many goals uh, came from penalties last year for Fernandez. And he has got a better record at them than Ronaldo, mm. um, although it's a smaller sample yeah, size. Yeah, it's only slight. When you take them away from Fernandez, is he still worth the 12-plus million? And also, is Ronaldo going to take free kicks off him? Because he is much more inferior at yeah. free kicks than Bruno Fernandez. But again, he's going to be outranked, right? The one thing I would say, and I can't claim credit for this because I saw someone else, another like fantasy football person, say it. But basically, they looked at the total number of shots that United had broken down by you know who took them hmm. and so last season Fernandez took like a huge majority of all the shots United had now Ronaldo will add some shots to the total that United have I mean he's, he's he fires away shots left right and centre all the time but it's more likely he's going to eat up Fernandez's contribution of shots because he's going to be end on the end of things and and so I think it will eat into Fernandez's output. And then the only other thing I'd say about that is you look at the Portugal side, and that's the best evidence we've got of how Ronaldo just outranks Bruno. Yeah. Um, and you've got to imagine, right? This we don't really, as English people, we don't really have a comparison of growing up watching the best player in the world, mm. who is from your country and plays for your national side. And then, ten years later, you get to play with them. I mean, that would be insane, right? And I think it's only <laughs> normal that Bruno would be starstruck by that. Yeah. And you see it in the Portugal side. He just spends all his time trying to find Ronaldo mm. with passes. And I'm sure, you know, he's going to deliver a lot of assists with through that. But, you know, he's not going to be on the end of stuff as much, I can't imagine. Mm. But, yeah, back to whether it's a knee-jerk or a shrewd move. So you're saying shrewd move. It's got to be a shrewd move. I can't... I, I, by next, he'll be 13 million by next week, Tom. It, the, my wild card is active. There's no backing out now. I'm ready for disappointment. It's, <laughs> it, it's, I'm, I'm so suckered in. Even if he comes on as a sub, I still back him to get some points this week. There's just yeah. there's too much narrative around it. Everything we were saying, we've we've said time and time before. I'm sure the whole the greatest thing about football is that it's completely unpredictable. Yeah, but there's just it's written in the stars. I know, I mean, you can't get much more predictable than someone who hasn't scored less than 20 goals in a season for about 10, 12 years <laughs> or something. I mean, he just always delivers, right? But having said that, I am going to try and deliver some caveats. OK, please, um, try. So I've been on a journey about Ronaldo, like, umming and ahhing over whether to bring him in, and I still haven't decided. But I do think there's a story that you can tell that lies behind the stats. So... The stats are insane, and it's not just the goals that he scored at Juve, like all of his shots, shots inside the box and shots on target and expected goals. They're all insane, right? Like above any other player that you could compare him to apart from Messi. But I think if he was playing at City, which is, you know, one of the rumours that had started, where the rest of the mids and forwards are kind of buzzing around relentlessly to win back possession, I wouldn't have as much of a question about bringing him in I think it would have just been a no-brainer but I do think United are going to have to adapt quite a lot to, to sort of restructure the side around him 
you know, they're not a side that press that well. They've got a few players like Bruno and Pogba, etc., that aren't known for the defensive work. And so if they don't want to be completely overrun on counterattacks, they're going to have to remodel the side from that kind of defensive approach to fit him in. And then they're also going to have to put a lot of crosses in. Like, so many of his uh, output came from crosses. Like, Ju- Juve were the top in um, Serie A last season for crosses and successful crosses. They completely, like, adapted the side to just fire balls into him. Mm. And obviously that worked. But it worked for Ronaldo. And I know that's all we really care about <laughs> from a fantasy perspective if we're captaining him. But if you listen to some of the journalists that covered him, covered Serie A the last few years, like James Horncastle, who does like Totally Football Show and stuff, mm. like he says that you know Juve as a team, we, we remember we're winning leagues and won Champions Leagues, and they scored more goals before he arrived, and then they had to restructure the team around him. You know his authority often unbalanced the side, with players always looking for him rather than looking for the best pass. And, you know, this is a quote from this Italian-based journalist. He said at times it was like Juve were playing with ten men for a lot of games. Right. So they really had to carry him, and obviously it had no bearing on his output. Ronaldo still scored loads of goals, but Juve came fourth. Yeah. And and I think, like, it's a bigger task for Solskjaer, you know, to be able to assert authority over Ronaldo, to be able to structure the team around him. Like, you know, if the team dynamic starts to suffer... Will Solskjaer have the authority to actually say, no, you're going to be used sparingly? You know, like, Cavani is someone who really does press um, and puts a lot of energy into his game, and Ronaldo isn't that man. So, obviously, best goal scorer probably of all time. I'm sure he's going to deliver loads of goals. But the only caveats are, will United have to kind of adapt? Will that have a big negative impact on some of the other players around him? And but that's for them to worry about. Yeah. That's not for Ronaldo to worry yeah. <laughs> about. If, if the ball's still coming to him, whether it's by his head or by his feet, I think as, as well, the only other caveat to what you were saying is that correlation isn't necessarily causation with the, with the headed goals. I think Juve would, in terms of tactics, was just swinging a lot in. You know, they had, it was their sort of plan B. And yeah. he, if anything, he was just getting on the end of them, like you say. Yeah. So, yeah, he might be the end product, but isn't that what an FPL asset isn't that what we want from an FPL asset yeah I think that's why I'm kind of swinging back to Camp Ronaldo which sounds like a strange 70s sitcom (laughs) character Um, but I do think I'm swinging back there just because of what you just said which is that for fantasy terms what you want is a hog you know you want someone Mm. who's going to be on all set pieces going to be on the end of everything if anything those are the players you want the egomaniacs who make it all about them and that's exactly what he is right so whilst United might and might could well suffer like mm. and and I think this might make me sound mad but they you know Juve did probably I mean they did decline mm. since he came in I know there might be loads of other factors to do with that but they didn't win trophies as much when Ronaldo was there and that could well happen to United but yeah from a fantasy perspective he's just going to score goals isn't he so yeah. <laughs> what's your final say Tom I think for now it might be a knee jerk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely going towards the knee jerk rather than shrewd move for now, just because the one, as we'll come back to when we talk about captaincy, Cavani's been with the team throughout the international break, whereas Ronaldo's been off playing for Portugal right. and, and scoring. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just just, just the, twice, was it? Yeah. Mr. Penway, but So. I do think there's a case that he might start on the bench against Newcastle. Mm. You know, Cavani could start that match, and it would still be the big fanfare that, you know, Old Trafford are looking forward to if he comes off the bench. I mean, how many times have we seen that moment where a player comes off the bench and everyone gets on the feet and it's like the biggest moment of the match? That could I can well see that happening. Mm. It might be the only time Solskjaer has any authority to put him on the bench <laughs> is to say, like, no, this is going to be good for you, Ronaldo. You're going to be able to, like... Come on and get the applause rather than just being in the starting lineup. So I can see a chance that he then starts on the bench, and then, you know, after that, United's fixtures aren't as good as some alternatives around that price bracket, like Salah, etc. So if you're like me and you've just got to make a choice between him and others who are definitely going to start and might have better fixtures, then yeah, there's a case to not 
get him and then it makes it sound like a bit more of a knee jerk. But if you're wild carding, yeah, I mean, you can take the risk. Yeah, I think so. So, what have we got coming up? We've got a review of last week, so we're going to go through your eye test. Yeah, cheated a lot this week, Tom, but, you know, <laughs> there's, there's plenty to look forward to. Um, so that'll be your top three players who looked good on the eye, and then I'll go through some, well, three players that I thought are looking good on the underlying stats. So these aren't particularly ones that you'll want to bring in this week, but are ones to put on your watch list. Um, ones that you do want to bring in this week we'll turn to after that when we talk about the shopping list then we'll go through the captains I think there's quite a lot of strong contenders mm. and I think everyone's going to be blinded by the return of Ronaldo but I think there's some really strong contenders that rival him this week we'll have a quick chat about the Knee Jerks League if anyone still wants to join code is VVYX2S once more Tom <laughs> it's VVYX2S it's good and then as always we'll round off with the quiz yes I've noticed a change in format this week, and it could either it could go one or two ways for me, really, couldn't it? <laughs> it could either be way more embarrassing, or uh, or a medal. Medal oh, at the yeah. end of it. You could smash it this week, and I've tried to do what we did last time round, where some of the answers contain nuggets that might be interesting. Um, obviously, the most famous nugget so far was Duffy, who was one of the answers. That's a great um, pick, and then turned out to be. An actually good pick. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't sound so surprised, Tom. <laughs> so, should we start with the eye test? Yeah. So, who's been? Um, yeah, looking good so far. Very, very limited stuff for me this week, purely because it was it feels like it was ages ago. To be honest, what was it? A week, a week and a couple of dates. Yeah. Jeez, bloody international break kills me. Yeah. Was, every time it really throws me off. Don't they know that I'm doing really well in FPL this year, and I need to uh, need to keep momentum going. So the first one was Lukaku. I know. Oh, yeah. Didn't score any points, as always, but that's that's the point of the Robbie's eye test. He was exceptional against Liverpool, I thought. Still looked bright, even when they were down to 10 men. Was causing havoc. I saw, I've seen compilations since, and, and people saying that he lived in uh, Virgil's and Matip's back pocket. But I, I didn't think so at all. I thought he was causing havoc, havoc all over the place. And also, he sort of really, really summarised everything that we were saying before, in the sense that, he is just exactly what Chelsea needed last season, a focal point to their attack that everything's going to go through. Similarly to Ronaldo, everything you were saying before. And I think he, he offers that and more, from, from what I saw at the weekend at least. Did you watch the game? I couldn't watch the game. I saw the highlights and, yeah, his link-up play just looked brilliant, didn't it? Mm. So one of the things that you know we've said about Ronaldo is that he hugs all the goals and... Um, I don't think he got barely any assists. He might have got two or three assists last year, mm. whereas Lukaku got 11. Right. So, you know, he was like Kane last year. You know, when Kane just delivered in both senses and mm. was like a sister and scorer, and that was Lukaku, and you can see it. You know, like Chelsea were obviously playing with 10 men for that full second half, and he was holding the ball up, bringing other people into play, playing, like, passes through for... I think Mount at one point. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to sound like Graham Souness, really, all the cliches, but there was a level of maturity, isn't there, that we? I just don't think I, I'm used to seeing in Lukaku. It's given me a headache, really, because I probably am only ever going to go for one of him or Ronaldo, and both of them look brilliant, and at various points will be essential, I guess. Yeah, I d honestly, if it's a toss-up between the two, I don't think you can go wrong. They'll both get you yeah. points, in my opinion. But if you can have both, then have both. And I'm leading <laughs> yeah. the charge of that. Fit as many premiums in as possible. Um, so you will have had to get in some other cheaper players. Um, oh. Who's taking your fancy? <laughs> um, Leads me on to the next eye test, to be honest. Definitely was really impressed with Wolves against United. Again, lost. I don't think anyone really scored any points, but their defence was solid. They really should have scored a lot of their chances. Traore, of course, just continuing form of zero end product. Um, but a couple of others, Trincao looked good. I thought Jimenez, not back to his brightest, but but certainly getting in the right positions. They've scored zero goals so far this season, uh, making a couple of <laughs> additional uh, attacking acquisitions. Well, they they bought Huang, but also Podence is back from injury, so he. The, Obviously, they might disrupt the starting eleven, so you've got to be a bit cautious there. But they can't sit on naught goals forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the gambler's fallacy. I'm sure we're all sort of aware with it of of it. Sorry, in the sense that you know, just because 
they haven't scored yet doesn't mean they'll definitely score next time. And the longer that goes on, the more it feels like they're definitely going to score next yeah. time. But they're, they're not guaranteed. But they genuinely look like scoring. They look really good. Defensive unit, I've, I've already shoved Co, uh, Cody in, my wildcard team. Oh, yeah. I think Trincao and Traore are both within a shout as well. Yeah. Some cheaper mids to bear in mind. Again, did you see any of it? Not really. I think I saw highlights on Match of the Day again. But... They are really popping up on stats tables all really? the time. Yeah. Okay. So in a good way? Yeah. Because you know like you just said about the gambler's fallacy and I think where people get really trapped by that is if they look at a team that they feel is due a goal mm-hmm. um when in reality they're just on bad form. Right. Whereas Wolves are clearly not on bad form. They're just they just they have been unlucky with some of the chances and Obviously, not all of that would be luck. We know, like you've implied already, that um, <laughs> that Traore isn't the best finisher. But if he gets into that many positions, eventually the ball's going to go in, right? And mm. uh, there's one stat about you can over or underachieve your expected goals, right? So ev- ev- all the players in the Premier League that have been playing have a certain expected goals based on the quality of chances they've been presented. And some of them... Um, like Danny Ings and Jamie Vardy are classic at this. They're always like overachievers, um, and Ronaldo's actually a, a classic overachiever. Like he doesn't actually have that many great chances, but he puts away all the ones that he has. Mm. Um, and so the convert, the inverse of that, is players who've been in loads of good positions and spurred all the chances. And the top two players so far in the <laughs> Premier League are Traore and Trincao. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Out of all the players in the Premier League, so. Yeah, they're definitely either terrible or due a goal. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, you're, you're making me doubt now. <laughs> They've got it in them, haven't they? Yeah. They have. It's, yeah, yeah. Just feel, it always feels, with, especially with Traore, but with teams like that, that as soon as they, the floodgates, surely the floodgates are open. Yeah. Are, like you said, to, to, uh, to go into your, your stat land for a second, seventh highest in XG in the league. On zero goals, it still speaks volumes, and they've got a nice run of fixtures up ahead. Yeah, yeah. Including Watford next. Yeah, and I think, like you say, a lot of it can be psychological, can't it? Once they get that first goal, it takes the monkey off the back a little bit, and then yeah. they play with a bit more confidence. Yeah. So who else? And finally, the anti-eye test. Spurs. Spurs. <laughs> oh I mean, I think of like someone with closed eyes. <laughs> you can still tell how bad they are. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think I featured Spurs heavily in my last eye test, um, but now I am for the opposite reason. They seem very happy to sit on on one nils, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, again, maybe look at their defensive options, but be wary of the Canes, the Suns, and the Moras for sure. The the Burge wins, yeah. and of course, I mean, Gill looks amazing. I'd say, he? but he he probably won't start in the Premier League for a while. He's yeah. too young, but at the moment. They're, they're just happy to win. They're, they might Greece it this year. Do you remember when Greece won the Euros with just oh my god, like yeah. ten one nils or something? Yeah, I can I can see Spurs just beating everyone by a goal difference of thirty eight, winning the league. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but it doesn't make for interesting fantasy football, that's for sure. Well, I guess you raise a good point. You know, on the com- on you know the inverse of that, which is the defenders, like regularly on has nailed down that left back spot and if they're going to be really solid at the back and they're going to keep clean sheets but not score that many goals he might be the one getting the bonus mm. once so. once bitten for me I keep bringing him in and out uh, all last yeah. season and he just sent off own goals just wouldn't deliver he's a bit ratty I noticed that right. so you know that type of whiny mm. annoying player that Paris Saint-Germain have got many of mm-hmm. um, where when the game's not really going for them they start kind of throwing a straw up and lashing out yeah yeah. so they can be you know liable to get cards or sometimes they might just roll around on the floor and the game carries on and then their like you know yeah. re- responsibility area has just been uh, exposed so yeah I think he's a bit immature in that way but but yeah I mean if he's going to be the the main fullback for them you never know nice no, a shout I'm in what about yourself anyone drawing your attention with their stats yeah so Grealish first of all so I've got Grealish you've owned him all season right yeah and it's weird because you know he's he's got a goal and an assist in his last two games which you know ticking along quite nicely as I think maybe 
six, an average of just under six points per game. How many goals have City scored in that time, though? <laughs> <laughs> Ten. So, so his goal involvement is clearly not very good. That's one way of looking at it. But I think the other way of looking at it is, you know, he seems to have Pep's favour. You know, of all the attackers and midfielders, he's played the most minutes so far. He's created the most chances of any midfielder in the league so far this season, wow. with nine. And only Salah and Traore, who we mentioned already, there you go. Um, have had more touches in the opponent's penalty area. So, you know, he's clearly in all the dangerous positions. Um, make and it, might, it looks like he might be the assister rather than the goal scorer. But you know, and I'm sure there will be more exciting options that we might even talk about later, like Torres and Jesus, who are you know really getting all the points at the moment. But the fact that he seems quite nailed and on the eye test he's been looking quite good. Hmm. And these stats back it up. So I think he's a bit of a safer, duller pick perhaps than people like Torres. But he could just tick along quite nicely getting an assist here and a goal there. And that could be over the course of the next few months like a really good player just to have. Like You might not captain him, right? but... A steady stream of points. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you think he warrants the... I mean, it's really weird saying, does he warrant the extra money above Torres, considering they're both, for City midfielders, dirt cheap? Yeah, I guess one thing that I've heard today is that Foden's back in training and should be on the bench against Leicester. Okay. So now that does start to question Grealish's position, because as I understand it, the right side of six attack now is a toss-up between Mahrez and Jesus, with Jesus just tipping it at the moment um, on current form. And, you know, I looked at his average position from last season, and he was playing on the right. He's clearly wanted to play on the right. That might have played a part in why he wanted to leave City. He didn't get the move he wanted. He's stayed there now. And Pep might just be saying, OK, well, I'll give you a chance on the right. And he has done well in the last two games in that position. So so he seems to be nailed on the right with Mahrez for competition. Then it seems to be Grealish on the left, but with Foden coming back, you'd expect that's where he'll start to get some competition. See. And then it seems to be Torres and Sterling as the two who've alternated in the middle as the kind of false nine or just outright nine. Hmm. And Torres is edging that at the moment, isn't he? I mean, there's no reason why he should be dropped. Right. Um, he's got more of a kind of striker's instinct than Sterling in the sense that he can score from more difficult angles. Yeah. He's just always in the right place as well. Like, he might, he has been missing a few chances. I was very close to dropping him a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. after the first week. But, eye test, he's, he's there. He's there or thereabouts, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, even in the Norwich game, he scored, uh, and it was ruled out for, a, like, a, you know, a, a VAR call offside. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was actually a foul in the build-up. It was, yeah. Yeah, and it was a really annoying foul in the build-up, like, that the ref didn't seem to be bothered about, but then obviously went back and reviewed. Um, but the good thing about it was that it was a really smart finish. Hmm. You know, it was the near post from probably the edge of the box, um, and the way he took that just indicated a lot of confidence yeah. and, and skill. So, yeah, I think he's a more explosive, exciting, but slightly riskier pick. I think Grealish is a duller, safer, sort of steady stream of points pick, maybe. Hmm. Then, yeah, second, <laughs> another dull one. <laughs> not, a, not a glamour pick, but... Larice for Spurs, the goalkeeper. Yeah, you're going to have to explain this one to me, Tom. Well, is it the one nils? Is that where you <laughs> got a glint in your eye with all the clean sheets? Yeah, exactly. Like you've already kind of touched, explained it, but the, what I'd had is that we haven't really got um, a points-hungry goalkeeper so far this this season. So last season, Martinez was the classic example of playing for a team that can get clean sheets. Um, but also concede a lot of shots. In the past, it's been Burnley, and even you know, going back further than that, United, when De Gea was their player of the season for a couple of years in a row, because they were just not that good at the back and were conceding a lot of shots. But because you know they were um, a better team than a lot of the dross in the Premier League, yeah. they also kept a good number of clean sheets. So De Gea was getting double pointers fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And I think Lloris could get that. You know, no one's had more saves. No one's made more saves so far this season than Lloris with 12. Only Antonio has picked up more bonus points than Lloris wow. so far. 
So and they um, played City. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's not been... They've had a good sort of variety of fixtures in those three. You know, it's not like they've just had easy games that they could coast, like you say, they've played City, but it's not like they've had a bunch of games where he's been peppered by shots. Mm. Um, they've also had games that they've just kind of seen out. So if he's picking up bonus in all those types of games, I think it's a, a lot to invest, but if he can be that Martinez type who's getting double figures, it could be good. Yeah, why not? So then finally... Gallagher at Palace. I mean, you don't need the stats to know that he played really well last time out. Did you see the highlights of him? Yeah, I mean, what a couple of finishes! Yeah. Like absolutely insane. He's. I, I remember when he signed. Uh, he was, was he on loan last season? Yeah, I think and so. people were just go were saying what a sh- sort of shrewd signing it was for for Palace. And considering what we were saying about Palace at the start of the season, yeah. I didn't even think twice about a Palace player. Yeah. But, he looks he looked class, at least his, his two finishes were tidy. Yeah. I still wouldn't consider him right now because of the fixtures. <laughs> right, OK. Because one of the reasons we were so downbeat on Palace was the fixtures. Yeah. Um, and I think there's still, obviously, caveats about whether, how good they're going to be yeah. and how you know shrewd some of the moves are going to turn out to be, like that striker they just brought in from Celtic. Eduard. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, if he turns out to be quite good... I've heard that he was a bit... He blew hot and cold mm. um, in his previous stints. But if he blows hot... Um, I always find it weird when someone signs a starting striker. Like, I watched him play in the Old Fern derby on the, on the Sunday. And then he was sign, signing for Palace by Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It always seems a little bit odd yeah. to me. But oh well. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think he's fairly highly rated. He's still young as well. You know how it is. Yeah, so when their fixtures improve, which I think is from about game week six onward, um, I think he could be a really good, you know, budget player who can, you know, free up a bit of money to get that massive forward line that you were saying before of yeah. Ronaldo and Lukaku. He's on a lot of set pieces as well, so that's always a good outlet of getting points. That's you huge know. for five point five. That's massive. That's yeah. all you want. But as I say, not one to buy this week. Perhaps uh, they've <laughs> got Spurs, and it's probably going to be a difficult one for them attacking wise. So I put a couple of players... Well, I put three players on the shopping list, and I want to see what you think. Go on. So, <laughs> the first one you might laugh at, but is it finally time for Kieran Tierney oh, to deliver? Oh, here we go. We're not going to get through an episode without you mentioning... A, a, without shedding a positive <laughs> light on Arsenal, are we? And Kieran Tierney in, in particular. I mean, I've got a lot of egg on my face for saying that Arsenal might be good this season. And, you know, all of the stats that I used to back that up have all (laughs) dissipated, like, really, really badly. I mean, they are right at the top for shots conceded and expected goals conceded. I mean, they're terrible at the back, right? So the idea that I'm now advocating a defender of theirs is probably a bit daft. But, you know, during that spell, you know, Tierney's done what we know he's capable of and got forward really well and created a lot of chances and now they move on to a run of fixtures which starts with Norwich at home and Burnley away and Burnley haven't been looking that good and Arsenal Mm -hmm. always seem to beat Burnley um, whether they're doing well or or poorly so um, you know could it be the time for him to deliver I mean would you be thinking of getting him in it's now or never isn't it (laughs) it's certainly a hold if you already have him I mean why not you've probably probably lost so many uh, weekends to it already I just can't tell with Arteta if he's on his way out or if he's still figuring things out with a unsettled side for reasons probably both beyond his reach and totally in his control yeah I mean like you say he's, he's, he's got a few games to save his his job and so maybe they will pull it out of the bag yeah I don't even I think even if he does well against Norwich and Burnley I think that that's a minimum isn't it mm. and then if he does well against them too then it's the North London derby right yeah if he so has a loss yeah that <laughs> could be the like you know you're getting sacked in the morning chance territory <laughs> um, which is always fun in a derby right yeah well so the jury's out there what about Damari Gray Oh, he's straight in my team. So, I mean, it, it was the classic, you know, filter by price, sort by points <laughs> yeah. highest. Oh, there he is. Okay, I'll go for him. Where he's severely outperforming, overperforming at the moment. Is that right? I mean, he's, yeah. So he's overachieving on his expected goals because a lot of his goals have come from, you know, shots outside the box and, and things like that. But if you watch him, 
you know, he just looks great, right? I mean, yeah. he's a man on, fo- on form. Yeah, and he, um, they've got some easy fixtures coming up, right? And for people like myself who have gone heavy up top and can't, maybe can't afford Calvert-Lewin, yeah. he feels like a sort of budget option. He also feels like Benitez's main man, almost. Mm. Like, he's kind of come in and just been given this free role. Like, I looked at the average positions of Everton players, and he's kind of in the middle. And he doesn't play in the middle, but it just shows that he, like, travels across both wings so much. He's just been given this free role, Mm. just to sort of float around behind uh, Calvert-Lewin. Um, and he seems to just be relishing that freedom. Yeah, you said it at the start of the season, Benitez loves a winger, mm, especially yeah. with someone who can finish. And, and I know he's he scored scored two goals, but, yeah. you know, he, he can deliver a cross as well. Yeah, I think he's a real deal. I think, I mean, he's clearly underpriced. For someone who starts in a decent, seat, decent team that's scoring goals and he's on form, and he's a bargain, 5.6. Yeah, I think the FPL Towers have been slightly fooled by... The, the price it cost Everton, they probably didn't think he probably yeah. thought he'd be bench fodder. In which case, five point five is probably quite fair. But yeah, for a starter, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what you think about this. So, Jota, as a Liverpool fan, there's a bit of doubt around Firmino, right? He's might yeah. be injured. So there's a cla- there's a classic two to three week meme that, that always goes on 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 all Liverpool forums, just because whenever asked about any of our injuries, the sort of timeline given is always two to three weeks. Whether or not that turns into months and years, it, it, it's always two to three weeks from the point asked. And I think Firmino's injury didn't look that bad against Chelsea. He, I thought, although, again, lots of others disagreed, I thought it, Firmino looked class. He was the only one really creating things. You know, He's so good at getting round players. And Yotta really didn't offer much, but he's definitely starting against Leeds, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like you say, if, if Bobby's out for the long term, then 7.6 starting for a very attacking team full stop. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to ignore, isn't it? I mean, Jota's, like, goal threat per minute is amazing. Right. Last season. I think we mentioned that in the first, like, pre-season pod, that he was just so good. Like, if he had the minutes guaranteed, Mm. then he would be straight in everyone's team. So even if it's a case of Firmino being out for, like, three games Mm. and you're looking to move someone on in midfield anyway, then... That three games, I mean, those three games are Leeds, Palace and Brentford. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, if J- if Firmino's out for them, Jota's a, an amazing pick. The only thing is for me, mm. I, I'm priced out by 0.1 for that move. Are you really? Wow. Because if I sold Bruno and then got Ronaldo for Ings, I've only got 7.5 to replace Bruno. Yeah, so that's the shopping list, because we're moving on to who's your captain. Yep. And probably the leading contender in most teams considering a million over a million managers have brought him in will be Ronaldo right yes but will he be yours it's going to be one of those things that when the team sheet comes out we will all go I knew he insert would start wouldn't start here <laughs> can we edit that in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I knew he was going to start on the bench I knew he was going to start in in the first 11 it it, it just it, it just absolutely is like uh, it's going to be painful no matter what but surely he'll be on the bench right but surely he'll come on and score even the, if he does the consensus from the forums that I've looked at is that he's definitely going to start and I think a lot of that seems to be based on this quote from Solskjaer way back in the press conference that preceded the previous game was that the Wolves game? Yeah. he made a comment there about Ronaldo being someone that you know doesn't get benched but that was a general comment when he just knew that he was coming into the club. Mm. Um, it wasn't like... Just picking him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if people are reading a bit too much into that. Um, I do think, you know, you can read quite a lot into the fact that Ronaldo will probably outrank Solskjaer in authority. Yeah, true. <laughs> Which is mad, but th- how many managers can outrank Ronaldo in authority? I mean, very few. So I think he's a great option, but yeah. I think there are better. Yeah. Which I think is still saying something because Newcastle are still maintaining their poor. They look terrible. <laughs> if Ronaldo was definitely going to start, I think he would be the best shout just because Newcastle looks so bad. Mm. But if he's not going to be your main contender at the moment, who are you looking at? It's definitely Lukaku for yeah. me. I think with Martinez getting arrested last night, 
Um, well, he was definitely going to miss the game anyway, wasn't oh, God, he? Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, the drama in Brazil. He looked class against Liverpool. Uh, I think I saw today he might be a doubt. I think he's suffering with a slight knock, which is every FPL manager's nightmare. Is always the seventy-five percent knock. You yeah. know, I just want in or out. Don't tell me, don't tell me anything else. But he's still back early, so I think we'll know before then. Yeah, it might be one of those classic international break injuries as well, just to kind of get out of that final game. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Villa haven't looked great defensively. You know, they conceded three to Watford, was it, opening game? God, yeah, that's a good point. They looked a bit ramshackle in that game. Mm. And, yeah, Martinez really held them together at the back a lot last year. And Mings was out in the last game they played as well. He was, yeah. But he played for England last night, so he should be back for Villa. Oh, yeah. Okay. well... I mean, I still think everything we've said about Ronaldo, uh, Lukaku and how good he looks, not just getting in the box, but also yeah. linking other players in. Yeah, I think that is a really solid shout. Absolutely. But you're not tempted by Salah at Leeds? Again, what a great choice, I think. Yeah. You know, considering really struggles against the, the teams that lock up, but Leeds will not change. Yeah. The biggest strength is their biggest weakness. They um, will not change their style of play for anyone. However, that free-flowing, expansive football will mean they'll either trash Liverpool 3-0 or lose 5-2. Even if they trash Liverpool, I can see them conceding too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. That's it. And who's most likely to score those? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably Mo. It's, it's a good shout. Yeah, they haven't kept a clean sheet yet this season, Leeds. And that's included games against Everton and Burnley, who aren't, like, you know goal machines mm. anyone so. else well I guess you're starting to scrape the barrel a little bit now but you know Spurs against Palace we've talked about Palace being a bit of a work in progress <laughs> anyone getting anyone with the uh, knee jerk bingo card can tick <laughs> off Tom Tom slagging off Palace for the week I really hope they prove me wrong because they could end up being a you know a, a gold mine of bargains but yeah they haven't shown anything so far to suggest that they're not going to concede goals. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Son has been looking good. Kane is back and scoring for England. So, you know, they could be good shouts. And if you do have doubts about Ronaldo starting and Lukaku's injury, Kane will definitely start. Yeah. I've also just called them 1-0 merchants. So they're bound to score at least four or five this week. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how this works, right? <laughs> After that, we're getting into differentials territory. So I'm going to throw a couple of differentials at you and then see if you would cont- contemplate them. Go on. So your boy, Torres? Yeah. I mean, usually I try and distance myself from taking credit for things, but I'll, I'll take all the plaudits for Torres. <laughs> <laughs> Start with him through thick and thin for three game weeks. Was going to get rid of him. But, yeah, why not? I mean, he, he's what a game he had last time out. I guess yeah, against Leicester, yeah. who again don't exactly defend, aren't, aren't a great defensive unit at the moment. Yeah, I think Leicester are another side who haven't kept a clean sheet yet. Um, oh no, they kept one against Wolves in the first week, but you know they conceded against Norwich last time out. They still look like they haven't settled on the same the right system. Mm-hmm. I guess there's the pet roulette caveat, which we're always going to have, although. I really don't see a reason why Torres, who scored again in the international break for Spain, um, wouldn't start. Because uh, I think Jesus is the most nailed on to start for City because he didn't go away for international duty at all. Right. Uh, and he's on really good form. Um, but I don't see why Sterling or anyone else would start up front ahead of Torres. The only other caveat is that Leicester have got a good recent history against City. Okay. You know, they beat City last year, um, they beat them in the Community Shield, so Rodgers has clearly got a plan that can work mm-hmm. against City, and, you know, he's not the only manager in the league that, that does that, you know. City didn't beat Leeds last season, oh, which is crazy, yeah. Great stat. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another caveat, but any other time you'd think the starting striker for City would be a good shout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one I was going to throw at you is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I would never say Burnley were a team to concede many. Uh, has that all changed? It seems like it has, hasn't it? Because, you know, they've looked a bit more attacking. You know, they they kind of played a 
bit more of an open game. Well, they were playing more opening games towards the end of last season. Yeah, they so they conceded two at home to Brighton in the first game. Um, you know, then obviously they got kind of turned over at Anfield, and then it was one-one at Leeds, and they were lucky to get that one-one against Leeds, really. So, yeah, I think going into this game against Everton, who, as we've talked about, are doing really well at getting balls into Calvert-Lewin with wingers like Gray. Mm. I mean, I can think of a worse shout. So it's the reassurance you want right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me if, after all this hype yeah. about Ronaldo and Lukaku that Dominic Calvert-Lewin ends up getting two goals against Burnley and turned out to be the best one. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that does happen. Absolutely. Um, no shout-out for our boy Antonio this week? I mean, he's absolutely killing it, isn't he? Really is, yeah. And, you know, Southampton are another one of those teams who haven't really got it together at the back. Double, so, double figures each game week. All three game weeks. I know, it's insane, isn't it? I mean, it wasn't even that much of a surprise. Like, the only surprise was that he stayed fit and he's been playing <laughs> every game. His hamstrings have made it, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder whether he's adapted his game a bit so that he's not as susceptible to injuries now. Mm. I mean, that's the hope, I guess, because last season, when he played, he was just like this. He's mm. that good. It's mad how he's just become this really accomplished striker. Like, on his current form, who couldn't he play for? Yeah, no, no, it's you're just so right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's always been injuries, hasn't it? Always. Yeah. Some of these differential shouts have reminded me to give a shout out to someone in the Knee Jerks League. So I remember last time we talked about this, there was, I think, Toonami team. Yeah. Had, uh, who, I think they've changed their name now to In It to Win It, but back then they were called Shearer's Toonami and they'd captained Callum Wilson right. in keeping with the fandom there and done well out of it. And I think this this time round, I saw that Biscuits had captained Danny Ings, and Ings only ended up getting four points. He got an assist, but the reason I thought it was worth shouting out is because Ings, I saw that game, and Ings had a snapshot from six yards, which forced like an amazing save. And you know, if that had gone in, mm. Ings would have been on you know twelve points, which was more than Son and Antonio got, who were the popular picks, and you know would have been the best shout. Yeah, so yeah. it just shows how like fine margins it is, and sometimes you know it's just a bit of luck that like it's t- a lot of luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that deserved a shout nice out. Nice, well done, biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> to review some other things in the mini league, I don't know if you noticed we've got a new leader. We haven't. It's not me, is it? <laughs> it's not. Uh. So it's Fields of Cascella. Oh, um, that's a good name. Yeah. So what's the reference that I'm not getting there? It might be a Finnish player because I noticed that the team has uh, the Finland flag okay. next to it. So we might have a friend who's joined from Finland. Wow. Welcome. Worldwide, international yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Welcome. And Fields of Cascala benefited from Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, who we've already talked about, could even be a captain shout this week. So looks like he might continue doing well there. But going back to captains, in it to win it, triple captain Son this week. Wow, that's a bold move, isn't it? And it paid off pretty much. I mean, how well does your triple captain usually do? Oh, I mean, six <laughs> points. Yeah. If that. Yeah, same. I always get it wrong. Every year I get it wrong. I famously got, like, one point for Sterling last season. Mm-hmm. Um, triple to three. So getting a 30-point return from Son, I think that was really good. Yeah, Absolutely. The only other ones I was thinking of were One Size Fits All, who's stuck by Buendia, um, because Buendia looks, uh, finally started to look pretty good and got a really good goal. And then Drop Meat Not Bombs. There we go. It's the <laughs> one we've all been waiting for. Also standing by a player who didn't do well in the first couple of weeks, getting 18 points from Ferran Torres. The manager of that team must not only be <laughs> funny, but extremely handsome and really good at podcasts, as well as fantasy football. I mean, it is a really good shout because he had only 3% ownership at that time when... Um, yeah, I wonder what it was at the start of the season. I think it had gone down. Yeah, I think a few have. people started with him and then got rid of him after the first week, maybe, um, and jumped on someone who, you know, uh, Ben Rama, who yeah. was delivering the points or something. And Do you know what? I would actually say that... We spoke about Lukaku's maturity and, you know, I'd like to thank both my parents for this opportunity to, and my friends and my family. But honestly, speaking to you and always after the first 
couple of game weeks, I'd be transferring players out that didn't perform immediately, especially if they were taking up seven, eight million pounds. But holding those knees really does pay off, I think. <laughs> and it's great. not like he didn't pay. It really That's isn't. Like the final thought of this week: <laughs> <laughs> holding those knees pays off. Get really close to the mic. So, um, it re- like it really does, and it just everything fell into place for him. I think last week. But I'm I'm so glad I stuck with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to bring him in. I just think that it's just so worth the risk. I mean, now that City haven't got that striker, yeah. he and, and Jesus has shown that he wants to be on the wing, and Pepper's even stressed it in one of the post-match interviews recently that he sees Jesus as that winger, and it's quite clear that Mahrez and Jesus are going to share that right side. Torres is just the only out-and-out striker there. Yeah. And... You know, he's, I think listening to some of the City fan podcasts, like it, it, and, and you know, like the journalists who, who make them, like I think in the big games, and City have got a few big games coming up. They've got a really difficult run in a few weeks where they play Chelsea away, Liverpool away, and there is a Champions League tie in between. Mm. And for those games, I would expect that the classic false nine from last season might come back and you might see Gundogan or De Bruyne okay. who have a bit more you know, experience uh, return to the side for them. But then, you know, the, it's, it's the games like Southampton at home that City have got coming up when you want Torres yeah, to be yeah, starting. Yeah. And I think that's so the true. one he's most likely to start. Yeah. I mean, for uh, also for as, as nailed as anyone is, sorry, in a, in a pep system... Especially up front. You said it at the start of the season. If that happens, we could be looking at the mother of all FPL players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't even need to jump on now, do you? You can still sit and wait. Yeah, it, yeah. He can reach eight, and and that would take a lot of a lot of transfers for him to get up to yeah. those heights and still get him in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really... Um, he, like like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, he's he's like one of the biggest transfers in this week and would have been far and away the, the knee-jerk that we discussed if it wasn't for Ronaldo's arrival. Yeah, I think I'm going to get him, and then that means for me I might be moving forward with both Grealish and Torres. Wow, okay. Who are you looking to sacrifice? Well, I guess I can ride out the next couple of games, see who looks the most nailed, and if Foden does come back in, whether that does threaten Grealish, and then by the time that City start to play Chelsea and Liverpool, that might be the time when I can hop off one of them. Mm. But if they both look like they're doing well... Yeah, you know why not? They're quite cheap. Okay, so we've just got the quiz. Ah, oh, we need a theme tune for the quiz. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I know speaking is probably my favourite part of the show, but this is my second favourite part of the show, Tom. Yeah. What about this? Is the quiz? Oh, I like that. That sounds a lot like another one, though, doesn't it? This is your life, I think. Oh, so I'm not being that wow, imaginative. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Big red I'm book. Absolutely copying and pasting that every week, though, Tom. <laughs> Thanks very much for that jingle. <laughs> um, so slight change in format. Yeah, so I'm giving you options this time. And only three as well, by the looks of things. Yeah. That's very kind. You've obviously, the embarrassment from me doing so poorly is obviously, you've been thinking about it over the last few weeks, haven't you? Well, I think that having options also helps emphasise the kind of point that the quiz makes, which is to highlight how some players are, might be doing surprisingly good yeah. or... You know, there are some players that you might not be thinking of. Okay. Um, Making me feel a lot better about putting stabilizers on my bike here, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. So, (laughs) question one Which player has created the most chances so far this season? So, of all players across the league, is it A, Bruno, B, Grealish, or C, Trent? We spoke about Grealish earlier, and I can't remember if you accidentally slipped up on this. It, It can't be Bruno. He's been definitely putting away. I'm going to go outside a shout with Trent. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. It is Trent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The reason I thought that um, this would be worth bringing up was because, you know, a lot of people like you are doing wild cards this week. And Trent is the kind of big, expensive player at the back that you might be sacrificing to find that money. Absolutely. Has he got a lot of transfer transfers out? I'm not sure, but I imagine so. I mean, is he out of your side? No, definitely not. And probably for the reasons that hopefully you're uh, you're about to say. Yeah, well, he's just absolutely killing it. I mean, he's got 15... He's, he's created 15 chances. So it's far and away, you know, the most in three matches. 
That's, wow. He's creating five chances a game. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so Grealish is is in the second rung of of players who who are up there, um, and he's got nine. Wow. So you know Trent is really far ahead. It's almost um, double, isn't it? He's in the he's ninth most transferred out this week. That's insane. It's insane. Again, the Liverpool fixtures we just mentioned as well. Yeah, <laughs> like really good. I think you're right. People are sacrificing him because although he's he's not hauling, is he? Yeah, he's slow and steady. Yeah, at the moment. He's due a hole, though. I mean, did you see some of the balls he was putting across? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's been picking up bonus points purely for the amount of chances he's creating. Yeah. Um, like he, I Against think, Chelsea, right? Yeah, yeah. The only other point on this quiz answer was that Jimenez and Matt Ritchie are also really high up on the chances created. Wow, okay. I think Matt Ritchie's someone we can probably ignore. <laughs> 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 but Jimenez, I think it goes to show that, you know, uh, Wolves are creating a lot. Mm. Jimenez is getting really involved. You know we've you know we've seen that he's got a lot of pedigree from previous seasons. So another Wolves option that people can consider. Mm. Okay, question two: Which Liverpool player has the team's best rate for expected goals per minute? And this is this season. I was going to say because so you already said Yotta was last season, didn't you? Yeah, and okay. he's not an option this time. Okay, so the options are Salah, Mane, or Firmino. I'm going to. Gonna have to go for Mino. Ding ding ding! Yes, <laughs> he's he went off early against Chelsea, but he's yeah he's definitely playing really well. I feel. Yeah, and I think it's really important to consider when we're thinking of bringing Jota in. Yeah, because you know I was hoping, and we talked about this in the first like pre-season pod, that maybe this will be the season when Jota actually gets nailed, and in that case, he would be super exciting and. I think I had an inclination that because of the goal-scoring woes that Liverpool had last season, mm. that they might want to mix it up a bit and give yeah. Firmino and Salah and Mane a bit of uncertainty about whether they're actually going to start and that might increase a bit of competition, etc. And in that case, Jota would play more. Mm. And not sure whether that's actually going to happen. And the reason is Firmino just is looking really good again. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he's going to get lots of hate, especially because he's sort of the starting striker. But it's only hate that another player would get if if they weren't so accomplished. Um, yeah, he's not really an FBL option for me, no, is he? Because he's classified as a striker and links play a lot more. But clearly, he's delivering right now. Yeah, he's more of an attacking mid at times. Isn't it? It's that classic yeah. false nine, isn't it? Like you're saying earlier about Pep system. So question three. Okay. Which United player has recorded the most crosses so far this season? He also recorded the most for all of last season too. Is it Bruno Shaw or Pogba? That's got to be Shaw. It really is, yeah. Oh my God, you're 100% so far. I'm retiring. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's really high. It's 15 so far this season. Uh, so Greenwood's second on 11, Bruno then on 8, Wambasaka on 5 and Pogba on only 3. Wow. So clearly it's going to be Shaw who's delivering the most service to Ronaldo. And of all the forward options who, you know, Solskjaer might be considering to play up on one of the wings, on the evidence so far, Greenwood might be up there because he's actually, as well as been scoring goals, which we've seen, hmm. he's actually been putting a lot of crosses in. Yeah. And that's what Ronaldo will be demanding. Final thing to say on that is that last season Shaw was far and away the most uh, of, of all the United players to make crosses on 189, but Bruno was second on 166. Wow! So you know he can put a lot of crosses mm. in. So yeah, maybe Bruno will be in a kind of adapted role as provider. I think I'm just so sort of torn at the moment between. Obviously, I've got, had to free up funds, but I would much rather have. Sure, for 5.5 than a, a, a 6 mil SAR in my midfield. Yeah. Because I just have more faith in the team yeah. than I do the even the player. Like, I kind of feel like sh- this could be a season where Shaw becomes like pound shop Trent. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, like, he's, he's, he's not that player. Like, mm. Trent's, Trent's like a, an accomplished, like, De Bruyne type player playing mm. in right back. Uh, and he comes into midfield and he, and, he, and he spreads around all sorts of kinds of passes. Shaw's not that kind of player. But he is someone who can cross a ball well and will do that a lot. Mm. And so he's going to have a real increase in his output. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, we've already talked about how United have brought in Varane and could get more clean sheets, potentially. So, yeah, he could be a great um, shout. 
Okay, question four. Here we go. So, this one's true or false. Oh, um, 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> You're increasing my chances. <laughs> so, true or false, Leeds and Newcastle have conceded the same n- number of shots inside the box so far this season. Oh, I mean, if it's not true then the reason you bring it up it must be close i'm gonna say true it is true 100 yes, again we go. that's that's incredible though yeah so newcastle have looked an absolute shambles and you know if anyone saw highlights of their game against southampton they could have been about six nil down in the first half it was mm. like awful the amount of shots they were conceding from close range so to find out that leeds have conceded the same amount of goals uh, of uh shots inside the box and they have conceded the same amount of goals as well as Newcastle and we're all expecting Newcastle to be completely turned over by United mm. uh, this weekend so does it mean that Salah's being overlooked as a captain because we've already mentioned Leeds play that really open yeah. open style have I managed to make you reconsider and you might actually put the captaincy on Salah? I think it is currently. In my, so if I forget to touch my team before the deadline, then yes, it will be. Just for every reason that you've just said, you know, it's not the 12.30 kickoff. Liverpool seem to do a bit better late nights. To know it's just the narrative is just there in my head and a team that just don't like defending. Like you say, even if Liverpool lose, surely he'll at least get a goal. Yeah, yeah. They didn't keep a clean sheet in any of the games against the big sides last season, I don't think, Leeds. No. And didn't, didn't you, was it United who put five past them? Yeah. That, like, yeah. that's, and they just refused to, to lock up yeah, at yeah. any point. Even after they'd gone, um, like, 5-1 down, I remember yeah. Rafinha, well, they were still bombing forward, and mm. Rafinha hit the post, and, yeah, yeah, they just don't know when to... Um, call it a day do they so they could get hammered this needs a massive drum roll here Tom I've gone from nothing to everything oh my god yeah so here we go okay question five to pull off an amazing 100% correct record of all the forwards so far this season Antonio has recorded the highest number of attempts from inside the box you know he's an FPL beast we all know that Uh, but which forward is second on that list so the highest number of attempts inside the box is it Wilson, Jimenez, or Lukaku? The highest number of attempts can't be Lukaku, right? He's come in late. Or uh, I'm going to go. Oh, it's a difficult choice, but for discussion's sake, let's go Wilson. Oh, oh. <laughs> fell at the final hurdle. <laughs> Is he up there though? Uh, yeah, they're all Is up he? there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's Jimenez. Okay. And again, just to back up what you were saying about Wolves, you know, we've already mentioned that Jimenez is right up there for chances created. He's right. also right up there for shots inside the box, Incredible. which is yeah. usually a really safe indicator of someone who's going to score. I mean, Wilson's got two, hasn't he, already this season? Yep, so Wilson's firing the win, you know. Uh, the only other player who's on that list who I haven't mentioned is Calvert-Lewin. OK. Um, so that completes the top five. So, you know, of all those people in the top five, they've all scored, mm. um, and they're all doing, you know, really well. So I do think it's a matter of time until Jimenez, with that fixture run that you mentioned earlier as well, it might be just a matter of time until he starts putting them away. And... I think it would be really good to see. You know, he had that terrible injury. It's taken him ages to come back. It would be good to see an old FBL legend like Jimenez back scoring freely and give us another option among the mid-priced forwards. Absolutely. How much is he? Do you know? I think he's gone down from 7.5. So he's now like 7.4 or maybe even 7.3. Wow. Which would be really good because the way I'm looking at it at the moment, I can't really afford Calvert-Lewin who's gone up now to 8.2. Right. And I do think he's looking great and he's got good fixtures. But if Jimenez, for almost a million cheaper now, at 7.4, starts looking like he can actually put some chances away. It's a great shout as well because, I mean, his scores so far have been a 2-1 and a 2. So he's he's just got... Abs- gen worse than blanking a striker to get to to get booked as well. What what is yeah. that? But that run is something that should not be looked to, looked upon 
uh, shyly. Is that a phrase? <laughs> yeah. Should not be looked upon shyly. <laughs> you should have full confidence when you look at that run. <laughs> they, they, to be fair, they've only lost. They've, yeah, they've only lost one nils as well against Leicester Spurs and United. They were still really maintain lucky, the seventh, yeah. seventh mean, highest xG. That's mad. I mean. I saw a lot of the game against United and United was so lucky. It was mm. like, it, it, it's weird as well because United could have gone into the international break having been outplayed and lost against Wolves. Yeah. And the whole narrative would be so different right yeah. now. But as it was, they got a chance against the run of play, basically, mm. uh, when you look at the game as a whole. And Greenwood is just a much more accomplished finisher um, than Triori. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what looks like it made the difference. Final point as well, I think on that note we mentioned about confidence and maybe the floodgates opening once that comes back, I guess you could say that individually about Jimenez as well, right? You know, he had mm. that terrible head injury. So if, you know, if that first goal goes in, maybe then he... You know, it gets him off the mark, and the kind of hesitancy he might have after coming back from being injured might go. And you think? I, yeah, I used to think that psych- psychology in football was almost like mythical. Like, surely you're getting paid so much money to just score goals or you know tackle. But ever since doing my injury, it's it's I've, it's made me realise as well, and coming back to play, that there's so much in it. And yeah. you know, shots that you'd usually take or tackles that you'd usually go in for you just yeah there's there's such a hesitancy like you say that only comes through playing and not just on the training training pitch I'm sure yeah like you said as soon as that goes in there's going to be such a weight lifted I yeah. really believe it I've read about um that in a collective sense as well at some points where you know if a player's been out like Jimenez for a long time they end up kind of being on the fringes of the team spirit Right, okay. um, and so, you know, if Wolves are, uh, you know, a, a good solid unit, and you know the, fir- the starting eleven or the regulars, you know, have, have obviously got this like camaraderie that they're uh, building on, and and they're experiencing all the highs and all the lows yeah, together. Yeah. And Jimenez is just on the sidelines from that. That can really dent your confidence as well. Wow. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it takes a while socially coming back into the group. Yeah. Um, and you know, if he scores, then suddenly you know he's been celebrated by everyone again, and he really feels part of everything again. Yeah. So takes yeah. you almost above where you were before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it would be a, a fairy tale story, I think, and that would be a good one to end the pod on. Absolutely lovely. <laughs> so if there's any Mavericks out there, Captain Jimenez. Yeah, massive all <laughs> this weekend. Fingers yeah. crossed. Even though we won't be in either of our teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on that point, good night from me. Good night from him.